0: On June 15th, the friends and families of Bruno Pereira and Dom Phillips had their worst fears realized.
1: We begin with breaking news out of Brazil, where police say a suspect has confessed to killing two men who went missing in the Amazon.
0: Bruno was one of Brazil's foremost experts on the country's indigenous population. Dom was a reporter who had lived in Brazil for a decade. And 10 days prior, they had disappeared.
1: The pair were reported missing Sunday in Brazil in one of the most remote areas of the Amazon.
0: Now, their bodies have been found, and a local fisherman has confessed to killing them. But there are still so many unanswered questions about why this happened, and the push for justice has only begun. I'm Natasha del Toro, in for Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. Today, I'm speaking with Al Jazeera's Brazil correspondent, Monica Yanakiev. She's been following the investigation into the killings. And before his death, she had worked with Bruno Pereira, one of the two missing men.
1: Bruno Pereira is like the most experienced indigenous expert of his generation in Brazil. He used to work for FUNAI, which is the state organization that takes care, that should be taking care and protecting the indigenous people in Brazil. He was a specialist in uncontacted tribes. And when this government, the government of Jair Bolsonaro, took office, he was displaced from the area that he was working, which was The Javari Valley.
0: Bolsonaro's been accused of weakening agencies like Funai that protect the Amazon and the indigenous people living in it. He's cut down on staff and budgets. Bruno was removed from his post in 2019. It was Bolsonaro's first year in office, and Bruno had recently led a successful operation against illegal mining in the Amazon.
1: He decided to, instead of working out of a desk, which was what they had assigned him to do, he decided to go back to the Javari Valley and work with Univaja.
0: That's the union of indigenous people in the Javari Valley, which is where the two men were traveling. Bruno was working with the indigenous tribes there to help stem invasions on preserved land. They were trying to stop illegal fishing and timber operations in a resource-rich area.
1: And then Dom, Dom Phillips, was a writer. He contributed for the British newspaper, The Guardian. He also wrote for The Washington Post. But he had taken time off to write a book on saving the Amazon. He had traveled there extensively. He was living in Bahia with his Brazilian wife. So this was supposed to be his last trip to that area for the investigation he was doing on his book.
0: Bruno Pereira, Dom Phillips, they went missing on June 5th, right? But their remains weren't found until June 15th. What happened during those 10 days? What do we know?
1: So they were ambushed on the last leg of their trip when they were almost close to two hours away from Atalaya do Norte, which is the largest city in that area, but is it's really like the third poorest city in Brazil and they had been ambushed by these fishermen. They they shot them, they sank the boat, and they took them three kilometers inside the jungle to bury them. What was the initial
0: reaction from the Brazilian state when they went missing?
1: It took time for the Brazilian state to react, to send this amount of people to search this area.
0: In a tearful video, Dom Philip's wife, Alessandra Sampaio, pushed the government to search for her husband. She wasn't the only one. The pair's disappearance made international headlines. Pereira and Phillips went missing more than a week ago.
1: The two were last seen while traveling by boat in the northern Brazilian state of Amazonas. Family
0: members criticized initial search efforts for
1: being slow and inadequate. Had Don Phillips not been there, a British journalist, with all the European press and press abroad putting on this pressure, with the family using social media to say, find these people, had it been just Bruno and maybe... I don't know, a local journalist from a small newspaper or something. I don't know if we had gotten the results that we got so fast because the indigenous people were the ones that started looking for them. The indigenous people were very worried because they knew Bruno Pereira would not have gotten lost. He knew the area like the back of his hands. And you know
0: that Bruno knew his way around that area because you had spent time with him there. A few months ago, you had actually been in that same area with Bruno working on a story. Tell me a little bit more about the work he was doing at that time.
1: So I actually went there to do another story. But I said, how can I do a story if I don't go inside the forest and talk to Indigenous people? So the Indigenous people said, talk to Bruno Pereira. And so I called him and he said, look, I'm organizing an expedition with indigenous patrolmen. We're going to patrol the river to look for illegal fishermen and poachers. And I said, well, can you take us with you? And he said, yeah, sure. He said, it's extremely dangerous. I've been threatened already because once they found the illegal fishermen, they would apprehend the fish and and that's something that the fishermen wouldn't react to nicely. So that had already happened. There had already been attacks.
0: Monica heard this from another member of the patrols. Outsiders are
1: depleting this protected forest of game. The local indigenous tribes hunt and fish just enough to survive. The illegal fishermen catch as much as they can to sell abroad and make money. They have already had shootouts with government authorities who tried to stop them.
0: So in December of last year, Monica joined Bruno and the indigenous patrollers as they tried to track the illegal fishing in the Javari Valley. They went down the same route that Bruno and Dom would later travel.
1: So the fishing is done like this. You have very small canoes that go into these hidden canals. And it's very easy to get in there without anyone ever seeing you. The other thing that surprised me was going inside this remote, remote area and then finding tracks that people had been there illegally, like a plastic bag with salt which they used to preserve the fish. How can you find a plastic bag in the middle of nowhere? And this is what the trackers would find. And they would find, like, parts where canoes had passed, trails that shouldn't have been there. So they were doing very extensive investigative work there.
0: And that's what Bruno was helping with.
1: He was teaching the trackers. Once you find, let's say, the plastic bag, and you just... Market there and you say, okay, they've been here in this spot. They were using their cell phones to document all the invasions, which then they put in a report to take to the authorities to say, listen, everybody says we can't police the Amazon because it's so big. There aren't enough resources. But actually you can just with a couple of well-trained trackers and a little bit of technology, you can fight this.
0: And on that trip, you also met the person who is suspected of killing Bruno Pereira. Tell me, tell me about him. Who is he and what was that encounter like? I mean, that's a pretty strange thing to happen.
1: Well, he's a local fisherman. His name is Amarildo da Costa, but his nickname is Pelado. And um, I'm just mentioning the nickname because it was written on the boat. So that's how we know he was the person. The indigenous patrol went out to look for these illegal fishermen. This man was on a larger boat and he was not inside indigenous territory. He was close to it and they just went by just to say, Look, you know, I just would like you to know that we're patrolling the river and just take care not to go into indigenous territory. And he was pretty aggressive when he answered back. But he didn't threaten anything. He just said, I'm not there. I'm in community waters. We're not in the indigenous land. Just let me be. And that was it. The surprise, though, came when this person was finally detained. And I looked at his face and I were thinking, well, where do we know him from? So like
0: Monica said, she went back to the footage and saw that the name on the boat matched the name of the suspect.
1: I was shocked because what are the chances of one running into a murderer months before he became one? What are the chances of having one of the most experienced indigenous experts being killed in an area that I honestly felt the place where they were ambushed pretty safe? I mean, it's, it's, it's very, very strange. DaCosta had
0: initially been arrested for illegal gun possession. A few days later, authorities announced that he had confessed. He's one of a handful of people being investigated for their suspected role in the killings. Like Monica mentioned, Bruno and the indigenous patrollers had already faced down threats while tracking illegal fishing.
1: It's like little small canoes that fish this fish, pirarucu, which is like... My size, I mean, it's, let's say, it's more than a meter and a half tall. But before, the fishermen would capture these fish so they could eat it, and so would the indigenous people. So there were lots of these fish. Now they're doing it to sell it. It's become like a business in Colombia and Peru.
0: During her reporting, Monica spoke with indigenous leader Beto Marubo, and he told her that the fishing was linked to money laundering from drug cartels operating in the area. Every little canoe can carry the equivalent of $8,000 worth of fish and turtles. And there are many canoes
1: working for one master. We set up our own patrols to prove to the government what's going on and nobody sees. It's
0: not the only illegal activity that's been picking up and preserved land since Bolsonaro's administration took over.
1: The loggers were kicked out a long time ago, the miners also, but now they're, they're going back. Because the current government withdrew funds from these organizations that are supposed to protect the forest, protect the indigenous people. President Jair Bolsonaro, he claims that the Amazon is huge and that it should be exploited. Bolsonaro has never been coy about his intention to dismantle environmental protection policies. His
0: moves in the Amazon are sparking international backlash. The Brazilian president has framed environmental protections as an obstacle to economic development. He says that the indigenous people of Brazil, around 1% of its population, have too much federally protected land. Around 13% of the country's territory belongs to protected indigenous reservations, like the Javadi Valley. And he's made comments like this.
1: We are going to explore the biodiversity of the Amazon, because the people there who are indigenous do not want to remain as if they were prehistoric men.
0: Bolsonaro has also suggested that international efforts to protect the Amazon are a threat to Brazil's sovereignty. That's something he invoked in an exchange with Dom Phillips back in 2019, Dom had questioned him about his environmental policies at a news conference last year. And Bolsonaro responded by saying, the Amazon is Brazil's, not yours. It's not surprising that Bolsonaro appointed people who agree with him. Like his former minister
1: of the environment, Ricardo Salles, who said, while everyone's paying attention to COVID-19, this is time to open the gates and let the cattle out. By that, he meant, okay, anyone that wants to go around cutting trees and, you know, farming and doing what you're not supposed to do in the Amazon, this is the time to do it.
0: Sales has since stepped down from his post. He was actually investigated himself for obstructing police probes into illegal timber operations. But still, once the damage is done it's hard to go back.
1: So it's a fight against time because once you start penetrating the area, slowly by slowly you start occupying it, and then it's very difficult to take these people out. And it's not that the illegal miners and illegal fishermen are rich companies or anything. They're poor people as well who are trying to make a living in a hostile environment. So that's where it's like a far west situation where you have the indigenous people there and, and these other people saying, oh, there's so much land. Who's to decide who can fish where? And you have a growing agricultural business that is really putting a lot of pressure. It means a lot of votes. Bolsonaro was elected by what we call the three B's, the bullet, the bull, and the Bible. So it's everybody that defends guns, that defends, well, Christian rights, and also that defends farming in an extensive way.
0: Indigenous people and their allies don't have the same kind of electoral poll
1: for someone like Bolsonaro. There are like one million indigenous people, and that isn't many votes compared to the number of other people that have interests in exploiting an area that is very rich in minerals, in nature. So there is a lot of pressure put on the government to open the doors for commercial exploiting of the Amazon.
0: And it's interesting, after Dom Phillips and Bruno went missing, Bolsonaro made some comments about them that seemed to be kind of critical or blaming them for for
1: what had happened well he he isn't known for his empathy. What he said was two people on a boat in a region like that, completely wild. It's not a recommended adventure. Anything can happen. It could be an accident. It could be that they were executed. Anything can happen Dom
0: Phillips's wife shared a statement after. The remains were found. And in it, she said that the families could finally bring the men home and say goodbye with love. She also said that this is the beginning of a quest for justice. What are the next steps in this investigation?
1: The worst thing after discovering that a loved one has been murdered is not knowing what happened to to him, just having him disappear in the middle of somewhere. And so, Finding the bodies gives the families closure. What they don't want is for what these men were trying to do, which raised awareness in this remote region, be forgotten, be buried with them. They want the quest to go on. But one thing that worries the Indigenous leaders is that it will end up being just a story of a couple of fishermen shot Two white men that were in the middle of nowhere in a dangerous area.
0: The authorities in Brazil have suggested the killings were an isolated act, but not everyone's buying that. Here's indigenous leader Beto Marubo again.
1: To say this was an isolated crime is a mockery, not only for the families of both men, but for all of those who have died defending the Amazon. The indigenous leaders I spoke to said that they're going to take a month for mourning and then they're going to start the patrols again. So, we know that they're very engaged with this mission. And they're also very shocked with what happened.
0: And they're not the only ones pushing for justice. There have been vigils in both Brazil and the UK since the two went missing. Their case has captured global attention.
1: It's all over the social media. Where are Bruno? Where are Dom? Now we know where they are. And the question is, who killed them and why? And the question also is, what can we do to avoid this from repeating itself?
0: And what do you think can be done to avoid this from being repeated?
1: I mean, just the political will of saying this cannot happen at this point would be great because right now we're at a moment where it's let's turn a blind eye and who cares. The change of attitude would not solve the problem, but it would go a long way in saying, look, we don't agree with people going out and shooting people dead. We don't agree with illegal mining because it's illegal. And we don't agree with the illegal logging because guess what? It's illegal. You know, that would be good.
0: In the days after Bruno and Dom went missing, I saw this beautiful kind of haunting video on Twitter. It's a Bruno sitting on the ground in the middle of the forest and he's singing. He's smiling, smoking a cigarette. It's a picture of total contentment. This video was retweeted by hundreds of people, and Monica was one of them. The tweet that accompanied it says, How can anyone harm a person like that? In the days since the two went missing, there's been this outcry of mourning over what their deaths mean for the protection of the Amazon. And then there's the personal loss. I asked Monica what that looked like for her.
1: I didn't know Dom personally. I do have friends that know him very well, and they were extremely saddened and extremely worried. So you had, if all your friends are like looking for these people and on and, and constant edge, and of course it, you feel that. As for Bruno, I knew him for a short period of time, but a very intense period So we were camping out and in 12 days when you're with a person in the morning and the midday and at night, you get to know a lot about them as people. And I mean, you share many moments. I shared my birthday. The day we set out for the expedition, it was my birthday. They bought me a chocolate cake, which we took into the jungle And I was telling him, uh, well, this is the best birthday present ever, just being able to go on this trip. (laughs) I always wanted to go to the Amazon, the inside of the rainforest. I had been there, but not in such a remote area and he made it possible and there's a picture that we took where I'm saying you know pointing to him and saying you are my best birthday present ever and that will always remain with me And that's
0: The Take This episode was produced by Nagin Oliayi with Ruby Zaman Ney Alvarez Amy Walters Alexander Locke And me, Natasha Del Toro, in for Malika Bilal. Alex Roldan is The Take's sound designer. Aya Al-Malik and Adam Abugad are The Take's engagement producers. We'll be back.